to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. The Sugarcoated Podcast shines the light on all the incredible women and the work that we do, the innovative and transformational thoughts that we have, and all of the impact that we are making in this world, both personally and professionally. Sugarcoating anything stops right here. Let's get to it. Hi, everybody. This is Adrienne Garland, and welcome to the Sugarcoated Podcast. I'm so happy to have an incredible guest with us today. Her name is Kristen Molinar, and she will help you to get your business to the next level. And I just cannot wait to dive into the conversation with Kristen. I had a wonderful conversation with her the other day as I'm looking to grow my own business. And one of the things that I really, really loved about my conversation with Kristen is that we were talking without any sugar coating in what we were saying. Kristen really just lays it out on the line and tells you like it is. And that's why I like her so much and why I invited her to be a guest on the podcast. So Kristen, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be invited into your space. <laughs> oh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what your business is, um, and then we can get into it. Yeah. So my name is Kristen and I am the CEO and founder of Yes Boss VA. We are a virtual agency that specializes in helping solopreneurs scale their business. Our specialty is really helping people who know that they need a team, but they don't want to go through all the hiring and managing and trying to figure out how to make the most out of their team. So we partner with people to, you know, give them a not really great 90-day onboarding process. So we teach them how to utilize our team to their full advantage. And we're kind of just that one-stop shop for solopreneurs who know that they need help. That is awesome. How, d- how did you get into this? By failing at entrepreneurship. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been there. <laughs> I Sometimes I think I'm still there. But <laughs> oh. tell, like, tell me like what happened because it's, you know, the uh, also the whole idea of, you know, failure is just, it's wrong. Like these, the, you know, whatever, uh, you know, we fell down, right? Like there were definitely bumps in the road that had learning lessons there, but it, it really feels like a freaking failure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope that by saying that I, by failing in entrepreneurship, you can see like, yes, I hope that I can fail one more time because like my <laughs> failure has been my greatest success. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell, tell us about oh, that. Like what, gosh. what, what were the circumstances that led to that? Yeah. So I left my last quote unquote regular job in <sighs> late 2014 
thinking that because I was a really great employee, I would be a fantastic business owner. I had a boss that treated me poorly. And I think that that like fueled me like I can be better than her, right? Like I can yeah. do better than this. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so unfortunately, what made me a really good employee was not not so much a transferable skill into being a really great entrepreneur, right? Yeah. So I was in the beauty industry at the time. So I helped people bring their brands to life. So, you know, people come to us and say, you know, I have an idea for this skincare, this makeup line or whatever. And we would do everything. So Hmm. because that was my background, I figured that that's what I would do as an entrepreneur. And I... (laughs) My, my entrepreneurial failure landed me in a guest bedroom at my in-laws house for 14 whole months, making $5,000 for the entire year. Um, it was just rough. It was really, really rough. I mean, looking back in hindsight, I never should have gotten into the beauty industry as my own business because one of the reasons that I was failing is because I didn't have a passion for what I was doing. I just thought that because this was where my experience was, this is what business I needed to grow. I mean, which is such an employee mindset, right? You see like the ladder that you're supposed to climb and you just, you know, you don't really think beyond that. Yeah. So you know, to, go ahead. Not to stop you. <laughs> yeah. But I just think that what you're saying resonates with me personally so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing happened to me. You know, I was a great employee, great marketing person. And I, I said, well, if I can get this far without, you know, all the hard work and everything that I do, well, of course I can launch a marketing business and I'm going to be an overnight success. Right. And it, it's even taken me this long, which is 10 years ago, to realize that those skills are not transferable. They're just not. And so to hear you say that, it it just even validates what my experience was. And you are younger than I am. And I just think that it's interesting how that type of thinking is still out there. Right, right. You, you know, it was interesting for me coming into the entrepreneur space is that I, I saw all these entrepreneurs, you know, I started doing all the, attending all these webinars and seeing all these marketers online and whatever. And everybody was talking about how excited they were and how happy they were. And you know what? I thought that everybody was just, it was just lip service, honestly. Yeah. Like I thought that that was a sales tactic. And yeah. when I realized that it wasn't a sales tactic and that, you know, it, it kind of had to do with a self self-worth or self-discovery journey too. But when I realized that joy in what I, in my work is not condemnation, it's actually confirmation. Mm. And that's something I had pinned up on my board. Because when I realized that, I was like, whoa. You know, because <laughs> in my family and in our, I would say in our culture, there's a glorification of like, I worked hard. And there's a glorification of like, it was hard to get here. And I conquered this thing that was hard. And so when it felt hard for me, it was like, well, I'm doing the, you know, like, I don't know, I'm doing the righteous thing or something. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I was stuck. I was stuck in autopilot. I I wasn't thinking for myself. Yeah. And it took a a really good friend to say to me, why are you even doing this? Like, all I Mm. hear you do is complain about these people you're serving. Like, why don't you do something else? Hmm. Wow. That friend was very smart. And when she asked you that, or he asked you that question, what did that bring up for you? Like, did you think like, well, I can do something different? Man, I didn't even think about that. Like, what, what, 
what got brought up? What what was brought up for you with that? <laughs> I was pissed off. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> you know why? Yeah. <laughs> I, because I was like, I've spent all this time like trying to make this thing work. And you're telling me that I have to start at the bottom again? Yep. Because in the real world, right? If you decide to change industries, which I have people that I know in, that I'm very close to that they have, you know, worked up some kind of corporate ladder. And if they want to switch industries, it's like, you've got to start at the bottom. Yeah. And that's what I thought, like all this time that I've spent on this thing and all this knowledge I have about this industry, like I'm literally just going to jump ship. Yeah. Like that sounds hard. You know, I had just, I had just invested so much into it that it became really hard to let go. Mm. I think one thing that helped me is I built out a course for the beauty industry and for people that wanted to launch their own brands. And my objective with that was to pour all of my knowledge into that course. So the cool thing is, though I've been away from the industry for a while, I like printed all these materials in this fancy binder. Mm -hmm. And I could look at it and go, oh my gosh, but it's all written right here. Like I still have a bank of this knowledge. Mm. Like it didn't go to completely to waste, yeah. but you know, it's going to just sit on a shelf. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I think, I'm moving the, on. I, I think the whole process of going through that and pouring all of your knowledge that you gained into something, there are so many lessons there that transcend that binder. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, so what what took you after your friend said, why don't you try it? When did you decide, well, yeah, OK, I am going to do something different. Take us through that. You know, I can't actually remember like what it was. I think she definitely planted a seed. And looking back, I think it did take root very quickly. Honestly, the pain I feel so bad saying this, but the pain of living with my in-laws. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable, right? You want your own life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. And and I was pretty successful in, you know, my, my job. And I went from having a very comfortable financial life to just feeling like, you know, my car payment was the most expensive thing I had. And I was like, I'm not losing this car, right. you know? <laughs> So, you know, I think that it took me realizing the potential in the virtual assistant space before I was okay with letting go. Hmm. Because I knew that I needed to find something to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, I think at that point, when I realized that I just needed to do something that would pay me, there were two things going on. One was, I'm just going to take a break from the beauty industry and give myself space to think because you know, honestly, as entrepreneurs, I don't think that we give an, ourselves enough space no. from what we're doing. And then we don't even know how we feel about it. We lose all of our creativity. We're like, so in the trenches that we just have mud all over <laughs> ourselves. Like, that's not a good place to be no. building a business from. It's not a good place to be making decisions from. It's just not a good place. It's not fun. Yeah. It And it's not good. It's not productive. So anyways, I decided, you know, I've got to do something because I would rather find a job and get out of my in-laws house than like just continue to like not know what to do. Like I just can't struggle anymore. And my my confidence was really shot too. Yeah. You know, I mm. before I was the kind of person that if I wanted a job, I could walk in and I could just say like I know I'm going to get this job like just because I've decided like yeah. I <laughs> I will get this and you know, and I lost all that confidence. 
So again, like it's, I, I want to stop you because I feel like I'm listening to myself. This mm. happened to me. This exact thing happened to me. I had the corporate job. It was, you know, a career. And then I left to start my own business. And I had this incredible confidence when I worked in the corporate world. And when I went out on my own, you know, as an entrepreneur and I wasn't achieving what I wanted to achieve, my confidence, it, it like went down the well. And it, I, it's, it's I'm, I'm not happy to hear that you <laughs> went through that, <laughs> but it's just landing with me so hard because I'm like, no way. Somebody else also went through these same things. It's almost like, you know, the, the grief process and there's all these different, right. it, it sounds like there might yes. be some, you know, process, emotional process that we have to go through when we leave the corporate environment and start our own business. And it almost seems like we have to have that failure so that we can move into the next thing. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. And I, I want to share because this might resonate with somebody or with you or whatever, but I still have to realize like if I, if I do something new and, and I've reached a success or uh, a certain point of success, like I, I'm pretty comfortable now, but still when I do like another endeavor and that, in, and that new endeavor doesn't like, you know, strike gold, <laughs> I have to, I have to talk, you know, you still yeah. have to like talk yourself through it. Like, okay, this doesn't need to be a blow to your ego. Like just keep digging in, keep figuring it out. So it's something that I think is not just at the beginning, but it's, you know, then these little spurts throughout yeah. our journey. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> yeah. that's amazing advice because we surround ourselves with the images and we consume all this stuff online about yeah. entrepreneurship and it looks so bright and shiny and it does look like what people are doing every time they put something out there or launch something like it is, you know, a million dollar <laughs> launch. Right, right. And, you know, if we get to sales, instead of us congratulating ourselves for moving forward, we just immediately go back to that, that the lowest point of our confidence. And it does take the objectivity to step away from that and say, okay, what went right, what went wrong next? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's so easy to get caught up in the comparison because one, people online are marketing the good news to you, right. not, not the bad news <laughs> because that doesn't sell. <laughs> and if you're not surrounding yourself with, with other people that you can have frank conversations with or listening to podcasts like this where we, you know, just say it like it is yeah. and uh, don't sugarcoat things. Like it's dangerous to just surround yourself with all the marketing and just get you know, honestly, a rabbit hole of, of consumption, content consumption, yep. um, that, that can be a dangerous place. You've got to give yourself some space to be around other people who know what it's like to be in your shoes and just get away and 
give yourself some margin and live a bit in the quietness. <laughs> yeah, I think that that is incredible advice. I like how you said that you gave yourself some breathing room in between, you know, what you initially set out to do and what this business is. And I think that that's a really important step. I was listening to another podcast today that I just love. And the host was talking about, you know, if we start doing things that like look successful for what everybody else is doing, then we're going to, we're going to look, act, sound like everybody else. And that is not what people want. They want that uniqueness. They want that voice. They want your voice. They want your story. They want things to not be sugar-coated. And I, I think, that, you know, one of the reasons that I even launched this podcast is because I did want to have these real conversations because entrepreneurship, it ain't no joke. Like, it is freaking hard. And it the hardest part about it is this emotional part. Oh, yeah. It's not the business. No, no. <laughs> you can learn any of the tactical things. And honestly, once you have a foundation of what a you know, marketing strategy, just almost any marketing strategy, but just the the pro the sales process, you know, like visibility and nurturing and closing a sale and retention. And okay, there's a million ways you could do that. And if you understand that flow, it's all that's all tactical. The hard stuff is the mind games oh. <laughs> that you go through to get each of those things mastered. Yep. That's what's hard. Right. Because we tie and I think as women you know, and this is a sweeping statement. I'm sure that a lot of men think this too. But as women, and when we're launching a business, a lot of times we launch a business that's either our passion or, you know, it's something like like you, you you know, you did it, you had the knowledge base. And we, we marry together the business and our identity and our self-worth so that when the business doesn't do what it's supposed to do, then that is a direct reflection (laughs) on ourselves. And I know that I got really, really caught up in that and didn't didn't realize, I didn't want to do it, but it's like I did it. And it's taken me a long time to kind of unwind all of that. And that's that's why I want to put things out there and, and share stories like you're sharing so that other people can say, oh my gosh, like, and catch themselves. Say, I, I'm right. doing this to myself. Like, I need to stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to add to something that you just said. You talked about putting putting your business out there and attaching so much of your, of your identity to it. I, I honestly, I, I want to acknowledge that yes, it is possible and that you should do something that you love. Like you should build a business around like your skills and what you love, but to do something that you find your identity in, it can end up being self-sabotaging because what happens is to grow something that's truly successful, that gives you both financial freedom and time freedom you have to, in a sense, remove yourself a bit from it. Like you're going to, you're going to experience a glass ceiling if you, if your business is you, like that is creating another job for yourself. But if your objective is entrepreneurship, you need to be staying in the role of being a visionary and that then putting processes and people and infrastructure in place to to see that vision as a reality. You know, if you stay in that space of like, I, you know, am treating this like my baby, and I can't let it go, then you're going to be limited by that. Now, if you 
are okay with that, you know, that's okay. But what I'm saying is if you want to go to six figures, multiple six figures, seven figures, if you want to experience freedom in your life, if you don't want to be, you know, tied to your computer, if you actually want to take a vacation, if when your children get sick, you want to be able to be there for them. If somebody in your family, you know, needs you and you want to be able to be there for them, you've just got to think about it differently. You can't get stuck in the trap of like, my, my business is my baby. Yes, you need to fuel it. But like, you need to think about you're raising it. Like not even our kids do we keep forever. You raise them and equip them to go out and, you know, become self-sufficient. Like we've got to switch things. Okay, go from being a baby to being a toddler to being elementary school. Okay, oh, you know what? Maybe it's time for my business to be in high school. Yeah. Maybe it's time for it to get some freedom, right? <laughs> you are just singing the song that I talk about all the time, a, a very, very good friend of mine who actually is going to be launching a podcast on the She Leads Podcast Network, um, Dr. Woo-hoo! Natalie Caldera. Uh, I was in a, a class with her, the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. And one of the meetings that we had, she did a whole thing. And she's a, a psychotherapist. She's a therapist. She's a, you know, she has her PhD and everything. She did this whole thing for us about your business is not your baby. Woohoo! So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that you are, you know, surfing that universal, like, you know, jet stream. <laughs> We're like on the same wavelength. And I just, I just love that. And I love the message because so many people do describe their business as their baby. And yes, yeah. yes, you must nurture your business. But yes, you must allow it to grow. And yes, you must let it graduate from high school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. so much wisdom. And I just, just want to say like to the people that are listening to this I hope that you can see why I am thrilled to be talking to Kristen I mean her business is virtual assistance and she does things in a really incredible way with putting processes into place and and all of that and all of the tactical things but just listen to the brilliance that is coming out of her and you know that this is not just another VA service that just does tasks. There is strategy and thought and also, you know, grit and and understanding, like deep understanding behind your services. And to me, that's coming out loud and clear. And I'm just really excited about, about everything that you're saying. You're so sweet. I really appreciate you saying that. You know, I'm on a personal mission to eradicate entrepreneurial stress. And so to hear you say that the information that I'm sharing is is valuable, it just fuels me. It fuels me to just continue to get out there and make sure that people hear these things so that they don't get stuck in the trap of feeling like, they have to do everything themselves, or they have to be tied to their business, or, you know, even exposing the lie that like all the people out here that are saying that they're having so much fun in their business. Look, I am legitimately having fun in my business now. Like this can be a reality. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like, how do you, how does one, um, you know, who has a business, how do they almost come to the conclusion that they need help? Like, what is the point that people find you and reach out to you and say, Kristen, I need your help? Well, most people that come to us are have gotten to this position where 
They know how to make money in their business, right? So they've experienced some, some sort of success in their business. But what they realize is that, look, I can't make another dollar because I don't have enough time to make another dollar. I can't get out there and market. I can't even serve any more clients. Like I'm at max capacity. So typically when people come to us, they're pretty stressed out. And we invite them <laughs> right away to just literally do a brain dump and mm. you'll be paired with an account manager whose responsibility really is to a couple things, have your back, hold the vision of your company for you, and just make sure that our team at Yes Boss, that we're figuring out the best way to come alongside you and help you. Because frankly, a lot of our clients get to the point of needing somebody, but having no idea what to ask for help with, what to hand over. They aren't sure how to delegate. They're just stuck in this like cycle and they just don't know how to get out. And so we come in and we're like, you know what? Give us information overload. Like if you, if you feel like you are giving us too much information, you're probably finally giving us enough. <laughs> like we want to know all of it. Yeah. We want to partner with people whose businesses we can get invested in and excited about. And you know, Adrian, that was that's the cool thing. Like in my journey that I discovered, like the thing that I'm passionate about is other passionate entrepreneurs. Mm. And so at first, when I realized that, I was like, how the heck do you make money off right. of that? Like <laughs> I'm passionate about other people making money. Yeah. Like that's, you can't make money off that. Like I, what am I going to go be a cheerleader? Right. I don't know <laughs> what do I do with this. Hey, <laughs> why not? <laughs> oh gosh. But, but by taking a step back and then taking a step forward and doing just the next thing that I knew that I could do, like what, what my journey has led me to is like, I get to be a part of many businesses, right? Mm. And that to me is so much more fulfilling than just doing my one thing. Yeah, It's, it, yeah, it's very cool. But I also, if I can, I want to make sure to cover, like, even if you're not at that point of like, I'm stressed out, you know, look, I don't want people to get there. Yeah, That's not when you ask for help. If you are there, yes, you need to ask for help. But I think that you can start asking for help almost immediately. And so if we have time, I'd love to give a little like example of how somebody in the beginning could start delegating and see the power of delegation even when they're in the beginning stages. Yes, please. That would be amazing. Okay, cool. Because I don't want, I don't want you to come to me because you're stressed out. I'd love for you to be able to come to me because like, you're ready to grow to the next level and you know a team is going to be great, right? Like, I don't want you to be stressed right. out, but I still am on a mission to eradicate entrepreneur stress. So that starts with sharing with people before they get there how to do that. All right, so when you first become an entrepreneur, you probably, face, Facebook probably catches wind that you're an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> so they're marketing <laughs> you with all of these things that you have to do. Almost immediately, one of the things that you're going to be told to do, right, is to, on your website, have some kind of opt-in offer. Like, you need to have some place where people can get more information from you so they can come on your email list, whatever. Well, if you're new to the game, you're like, okay, so let's Google this. How am I going to connect my, you know, Squarespace page with my MailChimp account or whatever you're using? How am I going to do this? What What's the process? Now, what happens is you end up spending like 10 hours yep. researching how to do it, figuring it out, troubleshooting, 
fixing what was wrong and then having no idea how you did it. So you can't probably do it again because you're like, I don't know. I don't know what I fixed. I don't know what wrong. Yep. <laughs> right. And, and I'm not talking about 10 consecutive hours because in there, you're going to experience that emotional roller coaster, that mental roller coaster of, I got this. This is amazing. Yes, I can do it. Oh my gosh. I have no business in the online world. Like I'm a failure. The roller coaster starts right oh, there. Yeah. And that is the hard work, right? So what I would encourage you to do is when you're faced with something new that you need to do in your business, delegate it. Mm. There are so many places that you can go online to find somebody who knows how to do the thing that you're trying to do. At Yes Boss, our hourly rate is $40 an hour. We're incredibly talented people. Like we are like luxury virtual assistant <laughs> service. So I, what I'm telling you is you could find somebody that's amazing for $40 an hour. They could do this task in two hours for you. Yeah. You know what that's going to do? It can get done in two consecutive hours rather than 10 hours of an emotional, mentally beating yourself up journey. And then what I would tell you to do on top of that, in addition to outsourcing it to somebody for that two hours, then ask them to record for you how they did that task. What that does is it also gives you a business asset. So you now have your first training video to put in what we call an SOP, which is a standard operating procedures manual. Basically, it's how to run your business. And it's a document and it's files and videos and all this how-to that you need to be building for your business so that when you're ready to build a team, you're not having to bring every, you know, trying to explain everything to everybody. Don't keep all this in your head. Ask that person you've outsourced to, to give you that video training. So look, you've spent $80 rather than 10 hours. And if you do the math with me, if you're spending 10 hours versus spending, if you spend 10 hours versus paying somebody $80, you're essentially saying that you're worth about eight, eight bucks an hour. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Yeah. Not that my mind is blown. It's because it is so logical, right? But we don't frame these actions in this way. And it just makes so much sense. And forget about the 10 hours that could have been used selling something or creating something of exceptional value. It's it's the opportunity cost that you've lost because I wrote this down because I saw one of your Instagram posts you keep wearing all the hats like it's your job, but it's not. It's ours, <laughs> which I loved. I was like, yes, you know, there's this, you know, fallacy that as an entrepreneur, you have to do it all, do every freaking thing that there is. And and only when you do that, can you really claim the badge of entrepreneurship? Yeah. And we have oh. bought into this because it, it's sort of like that, you know, from rags to riches story where you're doing right. everything and then all of a sudden you're on top of the world. But it, it honestly is bullshit. And I think so many women, because we do take on everything, so many women easily buy into this and it's the thing that holds us back. Right, right. I absolutely, absolutely agree. And unfortunately, we see like, I mean, even on Shark Tank, you hear the sharks asking the people that are presenting to them, like, have you gotten out and have you done it? And I think (laughs) to myself, I'm like, 
Yeah, but if I could have thrown money at it and gotten the same thing done, like, why wouldn't I have done that? Like, I'm always looking at what's the ROI on this? <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, hmm. I'm sorry, I got yeah. <laughs> into business for freedom. Like, yes, I want to make money. Yes, I do. But like, I think that that is what kind of shifted my thinking right from the start is I was like, I just want freedom. And if I could just replace my income with freedom, I would love that. That'd be great. And then I realized like, whoa, but if I don't depend on myself, I literally have endless financial opportunity in front of me too. I couldn't think of that word opportunity. That's funny. (laughs) Um, I literally have endless financial opportunity in front of me because my opportunity is no longer tied to how much time I have. Yeah. It's so brilliant. And the... I think the fact that you have that mindset is the very reason that you are successful. And that's the type of mindset and the thinking that needs to be taught to women early on. It it needs to start in middle school and, you know, just go throughout. Mm. And it needs to be part of, you know, entrepreneurial curriculum. Yes. And long ago, I read an article about the guy that started, oh, it, it's not a magazine that's around anymore. And it's it's terrible. I don't remember anything. I'm getting a little old, but <laughs> very successful media mogul dude who is no longer with us. He, he passed away, but he started one of the really, really popular men's magazines. And his whole entire life, he recognized from the beginning that the only way to to grow and to scale is to delegate everything. Mm. It allows you to have that freedom of thought and have those brilliant ideas. If you are, you know, just mired in all of these tiny details about how to move this square over here, you're not going to get to the big stuff. Nope. And I, I just think that it's so brilliant. And one of the things that I think comes up for a lot of the entrepreneurial women that I know, people that were in my Goldman Sachs class, people that attend my conferences, probably people that are listening to this podcast, is they might know that they need help in order to get to the next level, okay? Right. They're, they're like at that point where they recognize that. But they say to themselves, but, you know, if I do it, it's not going to cost me anything and i don't have the you know revenue or whatever it is i don't have the money coming in or saved or whatever in order to afford the services and and this again is that point that women it, it's like the bad decision they choose not to invest in in themselves and in their business because they're looking at what they don't have what do you say to those women because those women are also me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to be clear about that. Like, I get very nervous when I don't have the money to pay for something and I don't have the revenue coming in. Right. But I know that if I hired the service, that, that that would allow me to generate the revenue. What do you say to those people and me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that there's a, a common misconception that when you delegate, you are only delegating quote unquote overhead stuff. So like the easy stuff, because yes, it is the cheapest thing 
to find somebody who can just do admin work or general VA work. Like that is the cheapest kind of person to find. And so I think people get kind of stuck in thinking that that's who they have to hire. But when you hire somebody, a, a couple things, when you hire somebody like Yes Boss, I mean, we have a three-step process. And at the, at the third step is helping our clients figure out how to generate effort-free income, which essentially means we look at your business, figure out how we as a team, as Yes Boss, can function under the umbrella of your company and literally bring in cash for your company. So with, if you're working with us, that's what happens with us. We, we want to help our clients pay for ourselves. Like we want to pay for ourselves. And that gives us job security that um, gives us longevity with our clients. But I want to say, even if you're not hiring, yes, boss, even if you're a leader and you go out and build your own team, you need to think about how, when you bring in people, one, they should only be doing the essential stuff in your business. So don't hire people. If you're like, well, I think I should be on Instagram. I would love to be on Instagram. Don't hire somebody to just be on Instagram. Hire people to help you with the things that you already know work so mm-hmm. they can become more effective, produce more cash with the things that already work, and then your team can start helping you with the other thing. But I guess what I'm saying is when you're bringing on a team, be thinking about also like how can this role be one that also adds to my bottom line? Look, yeah. I understand that it's hard to put that on other people. Like you, people get really scared about like, well, they're just working for me and I should be responsible for making money. If you hire the right people, they are going to be so motivated to make you money. The people in my business are so motivated to help Yes Boss grow because yeah. I have shared the vision of the company with everyone on my team. And we are rallying together to further the mission of the company. So it's not just about like checking a task off a list, which I think that's probably the worst hiring decision you could make is somebody who literally is just going to check things off of a list because you're putting them in a box and you're not you're not realizing how much of an asset another person, another creative human being in your business could be like that you've just got to think differently. Don't, you're not delegating task work. You're not delegating the things that, yeah, you could do it, or maybe you could pay less for it. You're delegating so that you can get out there and you can grow and you can have that space to be a visionary. But you're also bringing in people who believe in the vision of your company, because look, when one person believes in the vision of a company, they're going to grow, but they're going to be stunted by their own mindset issues. But then when you build a team, when your mindset issues get in the way, you've got somebody else there that's still got your back. For example, I talked about podcasting for Mm -hmm. several months, told my team I wanted to start podcasting, but I had so much fear behind it. It was, it felt ridiculous. I was like beating myself up because it was so stupid, but I would (laughs) sit down to write a a pitch to somebody and I would think, oh, this person isn't going to care who I am. Like they, I'm a nobody. If they fault me on, or if they find me on Instagram, it's going to further prove that I'm a nobody because Instagram isn't our marketing strategy, whatever. And so my team knew that I wanted to be on podcasts. They said to me, Kristen, hey, so I noticed that you want to be on podcasts, but you're not doing it. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Good. And they jumped in. And there's a girl on my team that does all my podcast pitches now. 
And she is more ambitious than I am. And she, she, I don't know how many, how many podcasts I've been on now since the beginning of the year, but it's a number of them. And you know what I do? I see the people that say yes, and I book the time, but you know what it's also done for me? It's gotten me out of seeing the people that say no or don't respond. And so so my mind is like cleared up. All I see is the positive. And she's, she doesn't care if somebody says no to my pitch. That doesn't deter her. Oh my God. This is so brilliant. This is so brilliant. I mean, and I'm sure for her that it is like a game. Like how many, how many podcasts can I get Kristen on? I know. You know what she said to me like about a month ago? She says, this month I'm going to hit it extra hard. And I'm thinking, (laughs) oh, I thought you were hitting it hard. Like, I don't know. She's setting her own goals over there. And (laughs) she's incredible. But that's because... I don't limit my team to task work. I invite them into the vision of my company. Everybody on the team knows that we are on a mission to eradicate entrepreneur stress. So Mm. what can we do to continue to spread that message? Brilliant. So brilliant all around. I mean, there is just, this is just chock full of incredible advice. And I think, you know, the most important part of all of this is the mindset. It is the mindset. We have to get out of this entrepreneurial muck and this idea of having to do everything. And that's the only way to build a successful business. Uh -uh. I, I, I agree with you. Delegation is the way. But the big but is you do need to delegate to experts that do partner with you because I think that's another brilliant aspect of your business. You are not just checking a box and doing the tasks and and collecting a, a monthly fee. You are literally investing in the business and creating these long-term relationships. And you even said it before, you partner with your clients. Yeah. And I think that that is really unique. I don't know a lot about a ton of different, you know, VA firms. There's so much out there, like from the four-hour work week, oh, just hire a VA from wherever and have them do that. And, you know, you could, you know, only work four hours a week. But, you know, that that doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I just, I love all of your advice. I think that you are brilliant. I think that we could probably go on and on forever. Right? I think so too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm going to definitely have you come back because I, I think that there's even more, you know, nuggets of wisdom that you can offer, especially for those who have, you know, decided to to sort of bring on a team and I want to hear about, you know, all the different success stories and and where these companies have have gone and everything. So I'm going to invite you to come back and tell us all the success stories from all of your clients. That would be Um, very fun. I would love that. I I would love that too. Um, So Kristen, if somebody, you know, wants to hire your company, uh, what would they, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? All the good stuff. Yeah. If you're a stressed out entrepreneur and you're like, Hey, I don't want to figure out how to hire people. I don't, I don't know how to manage people. Like I just need help. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You can check us out at yesbossva.com. But something that we just like barely touched on is that we have this three-step process that can work. You know, we guide our clients through it in our first 
90 days, but it's also something that you can utilize for yourself. And that very first step is to eliminate non-essentials or to really dig in and figure out what your essentials are. So if, if you're in that space that you're like, look, I'm just stressed out. Like I'm spinning my wheels. I'm going in so many different directions. I would love to give you access to our like first step, something that you can do all by yourself. Um, it's our, um, what do we call it? We have a ebook. That's awesome, right? We have an ebook and a workbook to just dive into the eliminate non-essentials um, phase of that process. And you can get that at yesbossva.com slash work less, make more. But essentially, mm. it's the very first thing that we do with all of our clients before we ever even start clocking hours. Because you shouldn't be hiring somebody to do stuff until you've figured out what really works in your business. That is awesome. I love that resource. I'm going there as soon as we get off this call. <laughs> I'm downloading it and I'm I'm doing it because I, it's such a valuable resource. And then, you know, I know that you said that like, you know, Instagram isn't necessarily your strategy. Is there anywhere else where people might be able to, you know, follow you or find you online beside the website? Yeah, the best way to connect with me personally would be on LinkedIn. And you can find me by just searching for my name because of the odd spelling of my last name, you're not going to see, I don't think you'll see anybody else, which is pretty cool for me. That's very cool. (laughs) I love it. Well, Kristen, thank you so, so much. I loved our conversation just like I loved our other conversation. And I think that there is going to be a lot more conversations between you and I um, in the future. So thank you so much. And I'll talk to you again when you come back. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you again for having me. I just appreciate you inviting me into your space. This is very special to me. My pleasure. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.